One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Right before we get into today's podcast, just need to say we have a new game that we want to play with you during the Six Nations tournament. So we want you to come and join us at Match Pint. Uh, we have prizes, uh, we have, but really this is just a way to, without the ability to go to a pub or join with your mates or go to a stadium, this is a way we can all get together and enjoy the Six Nations collectively uh, by predicting the outcome of games and potentially winning yourself some disgusting Negronis. What else yes. would, would you win? So this is with MatchPint. So you need to get the MatchPint app downloaded to your smartphone. It's in the app stores, right, JB? It is in app stores. Right, it, whatever app store you got, go search Match Pint, get that app downloaded, and then where do you go, Phil, within the app? Go to the Pint Predictor within the app, then go to Leagues, hit Join, and type Egg Chasers. Egg Chasers, uh, there you go. Add yourself to our league. We are, we're going to be making our predictions. You make your predictions, and for doing so and being better than us and being right, you can feel smug and... You can win yourself some disgusting Negronis weekly and the overall prize, JB. Yes, the overall prize is, would you believe it, more Negroni. You get <laughs> Bottle, uh, bottles of the stuff. You get, uh, you get a, three bottles, uh, three of the raw ingredients that you need to make as many disgusting Negronis in your own home as you could possibly ever need. And the weekly prize for the best predictions will go to, uh, will be a mail in the... Literally, we'll post you a Negroni. We will post you a Negroni. Yeah. Now, you can either give us your address or the address of someone you want to inflict the Negroni on. Who would you inflict your Negroni on? You. All right, nice. Thank you. Just because just I, like, I like you, JB. <laughs> Do you know who I'd inflict my Negroni on? Who would you? I would inflict my Negroni on... I'd send one to Dimes. <laughs> and, I'd ho- and I'd hope he took it in, in the right way. Or Paul, and Paul Gust. No, I'd send it to Paul Gustard because he's in Italy now. Graham Roundtree. Oh, li- oh, yes. Friend of the pod, listener, Graham Roundtree. Hello, Graham Roundtree. There might, if JB wins the Prediction League, Negroni is coming your way. Exactly right. Always a Dublin, whoever he is. I don't, know. I don't know if he trusts us with his address. <laughs> 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 right, on with the pod, and we'll get into our predictions. Match Pint app, download it, sign up for the Egg Chasers League. We'll see you there. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back for a second podcast of the week, and more importantly, a Six Nations preview. It really is the rugbyest time of the year. It is. We should have that song of yours on hand no, to play No, we now. shouldn't. This is the time of year we play uh, the most rugbyest time of the year, isn't Didn't it? Didn't we play Phil? it recently on Christmas? Yeah, but, okay. you know, you, you can't have too much of a good thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Well, exactly. I'll, I'll go and find it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get that up again. How are you doing, Phil? Hello. Uh, very well, thank you, Tim. Very uh, very lovely Monday. Very typical Monday. Yeah, it's been a lovely day today, isn't it? Yeah, it has been a lovely day. Lovely and crisp. It, 
Well, listen to this, Phil. Before you joined us, we were talking. Would you rather look like a modern-day bodybuilder, a 50s bodybuilder, or Laron Landry from the NFL? Uh, who's who's the last one? Just well, look look up Laron. And, and as you're listening, do this as well. Just Google Laron, L-A-R-O-N, Land, La Landry. Ron. Landry, L-A-N-D-R-Y. And look at uh, uh, L-A-N... Yeah, L-A-N-D-R-Y. Look at the arms on that fella. <laughs> I don't think I could pull off those tattoos, but besides that, God, he's in good shape, isn't he? He's not bad. So the point, I don't know how this came up. Why did we start talking about this? I don't... Oh, oh because... Screech died. <laughs> this is how we came up with it. So Screech from Saved by the Bell, Dustin Diamond, has passed away age 44, which is no age at all. No. No. Oh my god! I know, and we were talking about we were having a laugh about how AC Slater in Saved by the Bell was like a, the ultimate alpha male, and you look at pictures of him, and uh, I'd, I'd take his dinner money, <laughs> yeah, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then JB's mentioned fifties bodybuilders versus today, and uh, down the rabbit hole we went. We went and ended up looking just ogling Laron Landry's arms. <laughs> If there's anyone I'd go for, it'd probably be the the Arnie physique. Arnie, when he was in his bodybuilding prime, when he was back to back to back to back to back, whatever it was, Mr. Universe. Yeah, and this is kind of what this kind of what I was saying to JB. Some of those slightly um, more old school bodybuilders look like they could actually functionally like sprint for a bus if they had to catch one, or or play rugby. Yes, that is true. But then that's why we had to have a look at NFL players because yeah. they look like gods and are extremely good athletes. Yeah, but they only have to be good athletes for 10 seconds at a time. I'd argue if you're that good an athlete in rugby, you'd only need to be good for 10 seconds at a time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But then there's there's a crossover because the pre-steroids bodybuilders, so like the 1950s bodybuilders, they just look like average blokes. Yeah, they like do. They, they, just, they just look... I've got... I've got uh, 1953 um, Mr. Universe where Sean Connery was in it. I think he won it. And he just looks like a fairly decent in Nick bloke, but nothing, nothing special. There is, there, is the odd old, dozen... there is the old old school one I found that looks like... I sort of said, uh, you'd believe me if I said that's P.S. Beast. There are some... Yeah, there, there was some... Well, yeah, yeah. They, you they, are right. they look ripped, not enormous, but they look ripped, but they look like they could play rugby somewhere. you got to remember, though, like back in yeah. the day... Tom Jones was doing videos on a yacht and he was meant to be in good shape. And like his his pathetic smooth body and pencil arms. Yeah. Just is a little bit tanned. <laughs> what? There's players in the Lee third team that look far better than that. <laughs> Again, if you're referring to um, some local third teams, there's definitely some steroid use. Not for performance enhancing, but for aesthetic purposes. Mm, yes. 100%. Yeah. Indeed. Oh, that was a nice way to open the podcast. Wasn't, wasn't it? it? And uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find us on, well, anyway, you get your podcasts and we uh, go, go subscribe. This is the second podcast of the week. If you missed the first one, it's right there waiting for you. And that's why you should subscribe because it will just get downloaded to your phone or your computer or wherever you're listening. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you as well um, for your support, both but with your ears and by listening. That's, that's all we ask of. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to the people that have signed up and are contributing uh, to our Patreon. Really appreciate it. Um, Patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Uh, we've got, we've got, a, got a strong zero related message. Yes, today. I read this. It's brilliant. And it, it it just hit home. It just really hit home because this is exactly what a day on strong zero was like. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll read it for Phil's benefit. Um, 
So again, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. That's where this message was sent, actually, by Greg. And uh, sorry, I'm just waiting for it to open up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Greg, I may have to abbreviate Greg, and I apologise if I do. So Greg says, um, it was England v Argentina in Tokyo 2019. Uh, he said, I'd like to begin by saying, it's fantastic you've finally given me a way to to give you something back. Yep. After and, listening and, for five years. And it's great that we've finally worked out a way to receive that thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, having heard JB and Phil talk about uh, Strong Zeros before, I can, I can finally share my story to the right people. People who were in Tokyo that day. People who consumed Strong Zero. People who understand what Strong Zero does to you. And I think this is just a way of getting across. If you've heard Phil and JB mentioning Strong Zero, this just gets it across. For context, um, he moved to Bangkok... Um, for for a number of reasons, ended up, because he was in that part of the the world, he ended up going to uh, the Rugby World Cup in Tokyo. Uh, what a day in Tokyo! The blue sky, the people, the cleanliness, the ramen, the beer. We were in high spirits as we headed to the game. Our plan was simple: head to the fan zone to meet my two mates um, from Oldley Edge, just outside Manchester. Uh, polish off a few drinks, walk to the game, watch the game, head back for a night out in Tokyo. Easy. We entered the fan zone with smiles on our faces. My mm-hmm. friends approached. We embraced. And they pulled out four cans of Strong Zero for us. Four? Uh oh. Someone's ending up dead in the morning. We thought we were ready. <laughs> we were wrong. I estimate we drank five cans each before the game, including one. From oh my a, god! Including one from a corner shop on the way. Uh, there was one clear moment prior to the game. I realised things weren't going to end well. I was stood leaning on a tree. I looked around, smiling, but I was on my own for the briefest moment. I had no idea where I was until I looked up and saw the stadium. Smiled again, and somehow found my way back to my girlfriend and friends. Uh, to really hammer it home, I believe we sat down in the stadium with two whiskey highballs each. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did love the whiskey highballs. I, I, that might be actually my favourite drink still now, actually. The game is lost yeah. to me forever. A complete blur. Vision, sight, smell, sound, all a blur. At one point, I remember turning to my girlfriend and she was holding a small Japanese baby and wearing a bandana. I remember, <laughs> I remember shotting something with a topless Japanese man. Then I remember being outside the stadium alone. I was by gate three. I pulled out my phone and attempted to contact. Attempted contact. I saw a message about being lost, about someone being lost. I sent a message to our group uh, that I later read that said, three, full stop, come. What happens next is something I ponder about today in my quieter moments. Eventually, I kind of came back to life and regained some semblance of control, but I was, wasn't outside the stadium. I was in a restaurant at a table with eight strangers and one person I knew. The last time I'd seen this person was at Mojo's in Manchester. What an establishment. Wow. <laughs> Where we'd gone, uh, always gone for a midweek drink whilst we were working on a project up there together. Zombies all round. He was always a good bloke, but one I'd not spoken to in a while. So he just found a complete stranger that he happened to know in Tokyo that wasn't the people he was there with. I think I bumped into... Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, anyway, he had courses and courses of food that there's photo evidence of, but doesn't really remember any of it. Um Everyone got split up. His girlfriend was found passed out in the stadium toilets mm-hmm. a few hours after the final whistle. Much like Phil. Uh, she, ended up <laughs> in in... Yo- she ended up in Yokohama because she got the wrong train. Oof. Oh, my God. After the ground. Um, oh, my word. Yeah. The, hang- the hangover was brutally savage. I've been on Buckfast before and some potent West Country scrumpy, but that was but but Strong Zero is on another level. Now, there must be something culturally significant about Strong Zero. The more I think about it. Oh, and he just finishes it by saying, "God help the UK when they strike that trade deal and it hits <laughs> the shelves." <laughs> no, that there must be something culturally significant about it because 
it's not it's not stocked with with the alcohol. It's stocked with the sandwiches, and it's stocked with other alcoholic beverages of which all are packaged similarly, but are like half are like half the strength, or or a third of the strength. A third of the strength. Ones Why strong like zero is special to the Japanese? I do not know. I think we should uh, we should get a sideline business importing strong zeros. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Could, it could take uh, over from Negroni. I've got no, ethical no. issues with that. Yeah, I have. I, I have as well. <laughs> it's, it's it's like dealing cluster munitions, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was kind of rugby related, but just uh, I, I thought I'd share the story. But let's get into the Six Nations then. Yeah, let's do that. The rugbyest time of the year. I love it. Mm. I love the Six Nations. I'm actually looking forward to it. I say actually. I mean, obviously, I must be looking forward to it. I always do. Obviously, the crowds. I'm not going to go 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 into all all of that. But I am starting to get a little bit of a buzz about it now. Now, yeah. I'm used to, now I'm used to the new normal. I think I can concentrate a little bit more on the rugby. Yeah, and we need to just acknowledge before going into it, eyes open, it isn't going to be the same and it isn't going to be as good without a crowd. That's just not. That's just how it is. So I'm, I'm managing my own expectations. It's the same with the Super Bowl. It's not going to be the same. There's 22,000 people going to be in that's a good effort. the Tampa Bay Stadium, which is a good effort. But it's what, not going to be the same, though. I am impressed by the amount of noise the sparsely... Um, the, uh, the sparse crowds in the NFL make. Mm. They, they do a good job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably intelligent uh, recording equipment as well. Very much so. Very mm. much so. Uh, but- yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I think there is one team, or maybe two teams, no, one team, who are the heavy, heavy favourites. Mm. Do you, do you think- want to reveal that now, or should we well, use let, that let, as a let, tease? Let, let's go around the room. Who do you think is your heavy, heavy favourite, JB? France. Okay. So, so I would, I would say I think France are probably favourites, um, but I don't think I don't think heavy heavy favourites is quite right. No, they, I, they are minor favourites in my mind. Yeah, I I agree. Mm. Minor favourites, followed very closely by England, but also and Ireland. Who because purely because of the way the fixtures fall, Ireland yeah. host France. And England. And England, yes. Oh, really? That's mm. me. So I think I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ireland win the tournament. And and also France, they have three home fixtures, but their two away fixtures are their hardest ones. They travel obviously to Ireland, but they also travel to Twickenham. So Yeah, that is that is interesting. Um England, we'll go into them in more detail. A quick hot take on them. I just don't think they've got enough ball carriers, frankly. That's, that's my big... Uh, Wales have got even less ball carriers. Ireland are getting a little bit stale. And uh, Scotland are interesting. Scotland are very interesting. And Italy's Italy. We can wrap this podcast up now, I guess. Yeah, done. <laughs> done it. Um, one, th- one thing I just want to say before we get into the games is I cannot believe that it's almost 12 months ago since my last live sporting event. Oh my words! Yeah, you went to the you went to the game just before yeah. lockdown. First week of March, uh, oh, I think wow. it was about the eighth of March, whatever it was last year. England versus Wales at Twickenham. I was there with eighty odd thousand other people. Uh, had an amazing time. There was there was whispers and rumours of um, COVID nineteen and SARS CoV two and the the consequences of it all. There was a few people doing the elbow. Um, greet or the foot tap greet but besides that it was just a normal day 
everything was still fully oh. open and it's nearly tw- it's 11 months ago that that happened and it seems it seems like a different world doesn't it's, it just it's been a crazy crazy year uh yeah and well i mean think about me i've not been to the aj bell for, ne- for nearly a year <laughs> that, that is tough I, i've been abroad i mean i've been to i've been abroad i've been to france and to ireland a couple a few times uh to watch rugby i recognize how how, lo- how fortunate I've been to have witnessed mm. that. I was at one of, I think it was at the only, well, one of the only Premiership games that had any sort of crowd when Quinns had... Gloucester, was it? Quinns, Gloucester? Quinns had 4,000. Uh, Quinns, Northampton. Gloucester I think. did have one with a couple of thousand. Then it was cancelled the next one, wasn't yeah. it? They had some trials. So, are you wearing extra Chief socks? No, these are these are really cool, actually. Um, are they? Uh, I, I, I'll rem- I was going to contact the company and say, hey, we, we, we could partner up. But um, I got them in my Christmas stocking this year. They thank, do look cool. Th- thank you, Santa Claus. But they're basically regular socks that are made to look like rugby socks. And I've got a pair of uh, Quinn's ones, um, England ones, and these are Bath ones. Oh, are they? So, so they're regular socks, but they look like rugby socks. So I, looking at that now, you got. I would say that stripe pattern is Exeter rather than Bath. No, it, well, I, I, I think there might be a reason that I think they might have to change the exact design it's that, but the you, colors it's definitely bath it's blue it's black blue, yeah but black bath, are, bath are a sort of deeper blue than that and that light sort of well that's like it's like old school bath yeah royal it, blue so i think that's exeter no i'm not, I'm not gonna ruin it for you but i think it is <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'll find out the company and we should get in touch with them because yeah. it's, it's very cool it's cool i like yeah. them yeah um yeah a lot of water's under the bridge so i i was gonna say even though i have been to some live sporting events uh, it's it's just not the same. Yeah, and I wonder if yeah. we're if there's going to be such pent up demand, we'll all come flooding back in stadiums. Uh, but do you know what? This choice will probably be taken out of our hands, won't it? It'll be twenty percent capacity, fifty percent capacity. It won't just be one day, hundred percent capacity. Everyone get in. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. It will, they're not just going to turn on the taps. It will be probably twelve months from now before. Um, the government deems the vaccination rate is um, satisfactory to open stadiums fully. Anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't want to get into that because the no, the, the no, thought of, that would be my prediction. The, the the response to the question: Can you guarantee uh, there won't be lockdowns ne- uh, next winter? Uh, the answer to that just just made me so don't don't. I'm not getting into it. <laughs> Talk about the rugby. So, who is the first game on the weekend? Well, let's just let's rattle through each team. All right, good um, idea. So Italy. Uh, well, we'll just sort of like status check. We'll, we'll MOT each team. Just chuck them, get them in the garage, look under the bonnet a little bit, and see what we think. What, what, what do we think? Rip of Italy? off the owners. Yeah. Uh, ooh, I would you, be making that noise when I looked at Italy. I'm like, don't you deal with models? It's going to cost you. Don't you deal with models this old? Uh, I don't really know about Italy. I don't know enough about them, is the honest answer. I don't watch nearly enough Benetton, despite owning a Premier Sports sub- subscription. I know they don't have Paledre because he's still injured, and that's a big loss. So the answer is, I, I don't. I really do not know how Italy are going to show up. They're not giving a goodbye to uh, Sergio Parise by the look of it. They're he's, not. No. He's, he's not in the squad anyway. Really? No. So, yeah. He's, he's not not in the squad. Um, he wasn't in it last Six Nations. Um, no, wasn't fine. in over the um, autumn internationals. Not in it now. Italy's squad is interesting, so I don't know a huge amount about it. But it is a very young squad, mm. very very. So there is no one over thirty. Wow. Um, there are 
multiple teenagers in fact yeah um and a lot of players aged 20 20 21 22 23 um their fly half and center combination that played in the autumn internationals of uh garbisi and carlo canna um garbisi is a very talented young fly half uh he's he's only 20 has only got five caps and i quite liked the the way they operated with two ball players mm-hmm. um but I think probably the the single biggest player that they will miss is Paledri, as you, as you've mentioned, just because he's he's so unique and he's so powerful, and he offers go forward ball in almost every circumstance, no matter what that circumstance is. Yeah, whether he's got fat, he's on his own with five men on top of him off the back of a scrum that's go that's ball. going backwards at a rate of knots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he has he's, he's a get out of jail free card quite often. I mean, he yeah. really is, and they've they've got so you and Mayer, Negri, Mbanda are good back rows. They're, they're talent, talented, strong. They're not Pelledri. I like uh, ne- I like Negri. I think Banda has got good all around. You know, he's a good club player. Whether he's quite up to international standards, I don't know because I watch him, and he's meant to be well. He's meant to be an eight, and he's only six foot two. He's what like hundred kilograms. He's not exactly. Uh, Billy, Billy, Billy Vinopola. Uh, so I, I worry about that. I do like Stain. Stain can carry, Negri can carry, and Pledre can carry. So when they get those guys going, at least they can go forward. Yeah, but I, I looked at the squad and thought exactly as you did, Phil. I looked at the age profile and thought, okay, I understand why they're doing that. And Franco Smith trying to just uh, change the guard a little bit. But as a result, I think they're going to get pumped. I think they get pumped. Yes. Yeah. I, but it, it depends how they approach it. I think they're going to lose every game, like categorically. I think they will get pumped in a few games, but they've got to look for positives. And it depends how they set that mindset up, because if they set the mindset of of learning and building, then it could be fruitful, and they could um, take that into the next few years. If they're expecting results right now, this is not the squad to be doing it. I mean, there have been perennial losers for the best part of two two decades, probably now more than that. And I think, you know, so what if they lose a, f- a few a few more years, if in year three they manage to get it right? But you just think, don't you, how long do we need to wait till Italy get really competitive? And I don't think we'll ever see it. At international level, I think I, I think probably Franco Smith is, generally speaking, picking the best players available. They just happen to be quite young. Which is a good thing. Which is, which is a good thing. I hope that's what he's doing because I think at international level it is absolute folly to think you can, you can play a team to try and develop mm. them for three years' time overall. Yes, you can bring in some players, but to do that en masse mm. is a terrible idea at international level, oh, I think. Got Stephen Vaughan, he's Italian, isn't he? Yeah. He is, yeah. And, and Callum Brayley. That's why I'm getting confused. Yeah, they're both from Gloucester. Yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. Well, they were. Callum Brayley's not Cal- there. He's, he's over there in Italy now. Yeah, he's in yeah. Zebra. Yeah. 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 So- but, by the way, in, like I made the mistake a couple of weeks ago I caved and I and I downloaded Football Manager onto my phone again. Oh no! Oh, it's all right. No, I've I, I've uh, I, I've I've ditched it again. Don't worry. For Crypto Manager. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I did notice that, um, and I don't know if it's actually the case. I don't watch enough football, but the football team on there is called Zebra. That Juve mm. is called Zebra. Oh, because they don't have the license. Or Zebra. No, I don't know if that's why. No, because Milan's called Milan and Inter's called Inter. Is it just called Inter, not Inter Milan? Yeah, they're called Inter, but then I don't think that's why. Because I think 
they have all they pay up all the license, but they're called Zebra. So, it, uh, oh, maybe that is why. Could be licensing. Oh, I didn't think of Bri- that. Is Brian Briggs on there? Are, are the player <laughs> names okay? Zebra is two in though, is it? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Hmm. I thought no, it's not Palmer because actually had a it's team. Pa- yeah, Palmer. Zebra is Palmer. Oh, is it? Right there, you go, Palmer. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, it is a licensing thing. Yes. Yes, it's a licensing thing. Well done. Well spotted. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to get pumped. Uh, so moving up the table, um, well, based on what we've been saying, we've got that, well, I mean, anyone could break out of the fifth place and get third or second even with one or two bad results. But let's go with Scotland. Apologies to Scottish fans. Do you think Scotland are going to be the second worst team? Is that how we do it? So we're going to say Italy are going to be the worst. And then Scotland second worst. Well, I did, that... just, I did just caveat saying any team could go second to fifth. Interesting. So I don't want to put Wales here, but we can talk about Scotland. So I think Scotland are really interesting. Really interesting, particularly their backs. As for their forwards, oh, they might struggle a bit. They're not they're they're not particularly big. Now have have World Rugby or, or the or the Six Nations Unions, have they changed the laws of this Six Nations so that juggling is part of um, is rewarded. Don't be misled by that. Do not be misled by that. I've seen him do this with rugby balls, and he can kick them at the same time. Struggling. No, I'm saying so. So, are we having? Can we have multi balls on the field and and like points for juggling? Because if so, Scotland are gonna are gonna win the win the tournament. They're gonna annihilate people. That Instagram video of Finn Russell juggling tennis balls and uh, tennis rackets and balls. He's amazing. He's ridiculous. But I watched him do that on the way out to play Japan. I was like, Japan will get absolutely nailed here. There's no way you can you can beat a team whose fly half can juggle rugby balls and kick them at the same time. Oh yeah, that was shown in the warm up. So on, cool. On he telly, does it all it? the time. Yeah. And then they got battered. So yeah. be careful with Finn's juggling routine. It can often Finn sanity. Yeah, it can often uh, lead you to places you don't want to be. Yeah. Now the noises from camp uh, around Finn are very positive. Um, it's coming out that he's only, um, only had one and a half beers. Exactly. <laughs> I one and a half beers is probably not enough to make him truth insanity. Yeah, bring out yeah. all his superpowers. It is. It's like uh, when you play played pool in the pub back in the day. There was there's a, there's a sweet spot where you just just the right <laughs> amount where everything you hit goes in. Yeah, but you say that about driving, Tim. And I don't. I don't agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I think I, I'm quite positive about Scotland this year. I think if if it's right, if Finn is motivated, um, he's got some talent around him, hmm. and if he can bring the best out of that talent, if the two can work in perfect harmony, then I think Scotland will be good. I, and Scotland were the only team to beat France last year. Don't forget that, and that that's yep. no mean feat. What are, um, what are Scotland's fixtures? Who have they got at home? So they face England away in the first game. Yeah. Then they then they host Wales. Then they travel to France, which is obviously tough. Uh, but then they they host Ireland and then Italy. So you've got three winnable home games. Yeah, right. It seems unlikely that they'd get anything out of France away, and <laughs> unlikely about any, from anything from England away, but not impossible after their definitely uh, draw thirty eight all draw last year. Yeah. Oh, sorry, two years ago. So Finn Russell probably the best ten in the tournament. I don't. I know that other tens exist, but I I think and, he is. Well, Untermat not being available. 
definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, Farrell's great. Farrell, uh, Sexton's Farrell, Farrell great. Be ten, but yeah. Well, you know, whoever they pick, you know, they're all yeah. going to be good tens. None of them can do the things which Finn Russell can do. Uh, you just have to cast your mind back to when he threw that outrageous pass against England to was it Johnson? Sam Johnson? I mean, I just don't know how that. I don't even know was how you Hugh Jones. It could have been Hugh Jones. It could have been Sam Johnson. I don't know who it was, but I just don't even know how you think about doing that, frankly. Let alone do it. Uh, word, word is Gary Graham will get the nod at eight. Yep, heard that. And and also Duan van der Merwe on the wing could change the dynamic of that team. It's, it gives Finn, Finn another t- yeah. tool to play with in different ways. You can imagine Duan van der Merwe being a threat on Finn Russell's inside shoulder coming in from blindside. Well, personally, I think Finn Russell, Cam Redpath, Harris. It, it sounds to me like the best centre... Uh, the best centre combo, the most balanced, maybe not the two best players, but the most balanced centre combo with Finn Russell sounds just—it sounds awesome. And then who do you pick as who? Because I, I like uh, that for for balance. I do. I don't who, think Cam Redpath starts against England. I w- probably would start him. Uh, the other thing you got to remember as well is uh, the guy who always plays well, no matter if it's his club or his country, um, and never gets enough um, enough credit. What's the name from Sarah, uh, Duncan uh, uh, Duncan Taylor? So they 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 uh, they can call upon him to wear the thirteen jersey. They've got Byron McGuigan, get in, lad. Uh, on on, uh, on one wing, Sean Maitland. I mean, they've got so many good options, and they've got young options too, like James Lang, who I also really rate. Who who do you pick as your back three? Because I I think you've just mentioned the great mates and McGuigan. I don't think those two will, will start. Blair, no. would it be Blair Kinghorn? Or will it be? Uh... Well, so, oh, so it's going to be Duan. It's going to be Iron Do, Hog, Finn probably. Sa- Iron Do, Finn Sanity. Oh, sorry, Iron Do, Hog, and I would pick probably Blair Kinghorn based on recent. I mean, that's obviously selections. I mean, that probably. might happen, but I think that'd be nonsense. You've got to pick Byron McGuigan. You just have to. Like every time he's played for Scotland, he's looked pretty good. On his debut, he nearly scored three tries against Australia. Great mates is great though. Great mates will be on the bench. I think they'll keep him in reserve. Just, just in case, just as, you know, uh, I, uh, being a solid winger is damning with faint praise, isn't it? But he's a solid, a solid <laughs> winger. I, I think they'll go Kinghorn. I think they'll go Iron Do and Kinghorn. But I do like two. I, I, I like that. I like they've got two very Scottish sounding wingers there: Blair Kinghorn and Duan van der Merwe. <laughs> yeah, very, very <laughs> Scottish. But to be fair, Kinghorn and Darcy Graham as oh, their I two. Love two it. At- Actual Scottish wingers, other than, other than Van der Merwe, McGuigan and Maitland. I love it. Yeah, the, uh, up front is interesting because, I mean, they do have a, a, some good second rows. They're, They've got some elite second rows, some very, very good second yeah, rows. It depends what you want them to do, though. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, They've got no one of the quality. They've got, they haven't got an Alan jones and they haven't got a... Maratoji. I mean, they do have guys who are good, but they do different oh, things. No, J- Johnny Gray stepped up in the last year or His two. carrying's got better, but he's not a good carrier. His engine's unreal. Yeah, but, you know, so is Mo Farah's. Um, yeah, and he won two uh, Olympic gold medals. Well, play Mo Farah at second row. <laughs> uh, look, if you, want to, if you want someone to absorb tackles and be there all the time, he's great, but you need something else as well. Well, no, you, you need someone that will hit rucks and win you clean ball all day long and be massive in defence so that your slightly lighter, more mobile back row 
can go and wreak havoc in the way they do, and that's why Johnny Gray is so important. And, yeah. and, and Grant Gilchrist. As yeah, well, just go and do, um, Grant Gilchrist is a bigger man, actually. Uh, the, Jamie Ritchie's cool. Uh, what's his name's cool? Uh, Watson. I mean, they are, Watson. They, yeah. they are pretty good. I like the I like the addition of Gary Graham. Mm. Now that might be the kryptonite for England. He's yeah. he's gonna just go and wallop people, he's isn't gonna, he? Yeah, beating people up, throwing his head in spokes. Yeah, he's a guy who I think can really niggle England, and that'll be the that'll be the thing he's which a, really gets. He can be a real nasty piece of work. Yeah, I quite like it's, that. It's it's a really abrasive back row. Yeah, with if it, great if Gary Graham starts at eight, and then you've got Jamie Richard, Richie and Hamish Watson, that is a really niggly, abrasive, hard to play against back row. Just hard. Yeah, they are. yeah. Yeah, not not the biggest. They've not got anyone 130 kg. But hard. But they carry hard, they hit hard, they work hard. It's, like a, if, it's a good ba- balanced back row, that. In fact, we were talking about MMA the other day. Hamish Watson, I bet he'd, he'd be amazing at MMA, I bet. Yeah, he probably would be. In fact, they were yeah. talking about it on BT Sport, like a Royal Rumble, weren't they? Rugby Royal Rumble. Oh, uh, on Rugby Tonight, at Rugby Tonight Extra or whatever it was. And I reckon Hamish Watson would be, he'd be genuinely a good wrestler, I reckon. I would say so. I'd say so. Not quite on the level of... Um... Crisis. Yes, crisis, Jamal, Jamal Ford Robinson. <laughs> yeah, let's go, crisis. Mm. Um, one one problem I think Scotland will have is their well, their, their hooker because they're losing two superb players in McAnally and Fraser Brown, who are both missing. So they can just get Ross Ford back for a bit, can't they? Yeah, Ross Ford will be right. <laughs> well, that's Ross interesting. Ford. So the guys have pulled up are Cherry, who I don't yeah. know much about to be honest at all. Well, is oh that's why she got um. Uh, demoted in the S- in the SNP. Who? Joanna Cherry. I would not. That is niche. That is very niche. <laughs> Politics news from today. Politics, Topical. Uh, hot off the press. There we go. That is very niche. So, so, someone will have enjoyed that. Someone. <laughs> <laughs> and well, Phil, Phil's brother would have enjoyed that. He would have. He, he, he would have. He, does he yeah. listen? Uh, he occasionally listens, I think. Yeah, very, uh, very occasionally. Well, politicians well, he's a, he's a busy man. Uh, the other <laughs> option they've called up is Ewan Ashman, who I do know a bit about. So yeah, tell us about Ewan Ashman. Um, he's called Ewan Ashman. He's called Ewan Ashman. He he's was had, bo- he, was, he was born in Toronto. Yeah, he's had limited first team opportunities at Sale, as you'd expect. I don't know if he uh, maybe the fact that he becomes an international gives him a bit a little bit more respect around the club, and then he gets some more game time as as a result, but. He's quite far behind uh, Langdon and the other guy who uh, Van, uh, do, do, uh, Iron Dew's brother. Iron Dew's brother, but he's good. He's a pretty good, good. He's a pretty good all-round player. It's a massive jump though from what he's been doing, then starting against England. To put it mildly, it's a massive jump. I'm not entirely sure I'd start him, but you know, maybe throw him on the bench. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so that that could be a problem. And that that's probably one that um, clubs will teams will identify and target scrum and lineouts. Yeah, the scrum is going to be a problem for Scotland. I'm sure of that. Absolutely sure of that. Well, let, let's do it. Uh, do you want to go through the squads, or should, if we did England and then looked at the matchup? Yeah. Okay. So just to, on Scotland, I know we're doing them second. I honestly think they could come second rather than rather than before fifth, as we're suggesting. I think that this team could be second to France. I think they could be. I mean, anyone could be, I guess, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, not. I, I think they can. I think they can fairly comfortably win three games. Um, 
whether they could win the fourth, whether those two away games against England and France are tough. But yeah, I'd, I'd think, I think they'll be in the mix. I can see them doing England. I really can. I mean, they I can, like... They, they, they can do. There is, a, there is a couple of question marks when you look at England and it's one of the question marks. I, I mean, these are very experienced players, so I don't expect it to be a problem. But the Saracens not having played factor. It's huge. Could, well, it could be a huge positive. Yeah, it's huge. It's going to be huge one way or another. I'm, I'm certain of that. It's a really interesting experiment. Do your players need to be battle-hardened before they go in? I know Phil th- thinks that they don't because of Argentina. I tend to think that they do. And every time that Ireland lose, the Irish press are up in arms. Either they are too overplayed or they're too underplayed. But equally, <laughs> go back uh, to the relegation and you were saying this could be absolutely brilliant for those Saracens players. This could be brilliant. They're going to hardly play any rugby. They're going to be fresh going into Six mm. Nations and they'll play really well and go into the Lions. And I... Think I think it's going to work that way around. I don't know. I honestly don't know how it's going to. Yeah, you can make a really good argument for both. And if they play well, it'll almost be like we are justifying what happened by the result without actually thinking did the did what happened cause that result. So I I honestly do not know. I think the pack picks itself really well. They've got issues at prop, haven't they? Uh, so no well, yeah, both. Both props, you've not got your first choice. You've not got Sinks or Mako. Yeah. Don't have Sinks or Mako or uh, on the loose head Marla. So it'll be Genge starting. Maybe. With Benno Abano on the bench. Maybe. Probably, yeah. I, then, I would be a bit tempted to flip that around. Yeah, I would be as well. And then you'd imagine it will be... Ooh, Will, Harry, Will well, Harry Williams or Will Stewart will start and the other one on the bench. Well, who are in the squad? Who are the tight heads in the squad, Tim? Well, those those are the two main ones. Yeah, I think it is just, is just those Williams. Two. Yeah, I think that this England front row isn't quite battle hardened enough yet. So Jamie George will sit in, sit in between those. Uh, I don't think I would be confident starting. Yeah, I think you're right. You've got to start. Uh, what's his name? Genge. You've got to start Genge. I'm not starting a Barno in an, in a Test match just yet because that will be his debut. Or if it's not his debut, it's definitely his, his first Six Nations start. Yeah, it would be it would be his debut. And he only needs to give away a couple of penalties. Head goes down, and then he's on the back foot for the rest of the game. So you've got to go with Ben uh, Genge. I. Is it going to be a tricky one? Actually, a real tricky one. Yeah, mm. but around around those players. I mean, Alice Genge has got twenty odd caps now. Yeah, um, uh, Williams and Stewart on the tight head are, are less experienced. So yeah, it's they're being thrown into it, and they're going to sink or swim. We're going to learn a lot about those guys now. They don't have the very experienced guys, yeah, uh, around them sharing the workload. But around around them, look, just the rest of the front five: Jamie George, World Cup finalist; Maru Itoji, World Cup finalist; Courtney Laws, World Cup finalist; uh, Billy Vanapola, Sam Underhill, Tom Curry. It's a very experienced yeah. England pack. And you start to get excited, don't you, when you talk about those second rows. Yeah. So Mario and Courtney in the... Well, yeah. So I would have preferred Mario and Launchbury in the second yeah, row. Yeah, he's injured now, so... Yeah, well, that's not... Yes. With um, Laws on the flank, with Curry and Underhill. That's how I'd, I'd like them to line Ooh. up. Un- Underhill's out as well now, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course he is. So it does give them options of who to try. Yeah, who Could will you... be the... So would you... I assume Curry will be seven then, and it's you're filling in the six role, which could well, be... Well, hmm. 
It depends because if it's Ben Earl making the step up, I'd have Earl at seven and keep Curry at six. Um, yeah. Mark Wilson, if you've got Mark Wilson and Curry, it could be either of them. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter who wears yeah. six and who wears well, it's, seven. It's going to be one the of those two, really, isn't it? Sorry, what's, what's the alternative? Sorry, the alternative would be Itoji or Laws <laughs> steps into the six jersey and Curry goes to seven. I, I think I, I like Johnny Hill a lot, but I think um, I think he's going to pick Mark Wilson or Ben Earl ahead of Johnny Hill. I, I think he goes Earl at seven. Earl starts at seven. And Wilson on the bench. Mm. Town. So let's go through this. Who's our front? Who do you think the front row will be? Williams, Genge, George, and Stewart. Stewart, I'd say. I'd go yeah. Williams. I don't think Stewart's actually. Pl- I, I'd, I'd I, love Stewart start. This I, w- season, I would but... go. I would go Williams, but I think it'll be Stewart. Yeah, he seems to be above him in the pecking order with uh, Eddie yeah. Jones at the moment. So it's definitely a Toji. Who partners a Toji? Courtney Laws. 85 caps, so, Courtney Laws. You I, need that experience in the front five. I hate to say this. I can see him going with... Uh, Johnny Hill. No, I'd like him to go with Johnny Hill. That would be great. I can see him going with um, Yule, Charlie Yules. He's done it before. No, because in, in the original squad, Yules wasn't picked as one of the four. Yeah, Yules was Shadow Squad originally. And then, so I don't, th- I don't think he will. I don't know about that. I just I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. And then... Laws on uh, Laws on the flank, but you think Laws will be in this in second row. So who's your back row then? Back row, uh, Curry, Earl, Vanapola. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I think it'll be. Curry, Earl, Vanapola. There are some issues with this. I mean, it's an inexperienced front row. Jamie George and Itoji and Billy might be on, on fire, or they might be rusty, and we'll ha- and we'll have to see. If they're on fire because they're well rested, that's great. If they're not, the spine of the pack are going to be they're going to be struggling a bit. So I I agree, as in I agree with the assessment. I think they will um, tend towards. Uh, I wouldn't say on fire, but I think the rest will have done them good because it's it's been two months since they played. They played obviously a lot of games in the autumn, a lot of games towards the end of last season, a lot of games in the autumn. Um, and they're well known as in they're well known by the England and Saracens conditioning staff. So mm. I, I think they'll be in decent enough shape. The the fitness is not what I what I would be worried about because I think that's relatively easy to fix. The bit that I would be worried about is not in the forwards; it's in the backs. And yeah. there's, there's two reasons. One one the rustiness um, of um, not playing key, key guys like well, two key positions would be uh, Farrell and, and Daly, who haven't played since autumn. But also the fact that in aut- in the autumn they didn't really play in the back line because they they went with the very simple game plan of defense, 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 bully people up front, and mm-hmm. they then obviously so they didn't do any attack and skills coaching. They then had uh, their skills coach drop out last minute because he decided decided to stay in. Um, in Melbourne, uh, Andy Robinson's son got the gig last minute. Who's apparently Ed. a very talented coach, Ed. You know something about Ed? You. Do, you, do you not? Yeah, well, my, so my my brother was head coach at Rotherham, and he gave Ed his first coaching job for free, for free, basically because Rotherham had no money. Ed Robinson was highly talked about, and Nick played with Russell Earnshaw. 
at, ba- at Bath, or I don't know if they actually played together, but certainly when we when I moved to Bath, Nick was living in a room in Russell Earnshaw's house. Was he a, really with a bunch of other Bath players? Yeah. Huh. Um, and anyway, so I think Russell Earnshaw just gave Nick a call and said, you know, well done on getting the head coach gig. Um, this is kid, Ed Robinson, he's really good. So Nick said, come on up, come on up and, and let's do it. And um, and I, I remember Nick saying to me, within a few weeks, he said, this kid is amazing. That's interesting. Yeah, he's, he, he said he is the shit as a, as a, as a, <laughs> as a coach. And I've spoken before about Saracens coaches. Nick, uh, when he was going through his coaching badges and stuff, or whatever state, whatever level it mm. is, I can't remember what level. Level four, four? I don't, whatever it is, I don't know. A three, then four. What, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> then five, he, then five. Yeah, he went and spent some. So t- it's gone down from five to four now. So <laughs> he went and spent some time at uh, Saracens, just kind of you know watching how they did things and working with the coaches there, and and um, and. He said, I've mentioned this before, Saracens sort of create stories mm. and they do pre- their coaches do these presentations and they, they create stories that kind of binds everyone together around, you know, this is our next three-week focus and we're, I, th- I think he said when he was there, it was something related to Star Wars. Anyway, mm. but he, say, he said Ed Robinson, as well as being a really smart coach, straight away, he uh, Nick took over as head coach. He was forwards coach, but Rotherham were doing really badly. So the head coach got binned and Nick got, just got given the head coach job and did really well, um, well enough to get the London Scottish gig. Anyway, um, so Ed Robinson came in and, he, and Nick said he just did this whole great escape and he did things like within a week of being there, he'd got all the players' faces and he put the he changed the heads on the picture of the great escape <laughs> movie and and just just really positively getting. He said he just managed to galvanise the whole squad together, managed to get them to really believe that they could win, and they won their first game of the season uh, the next week. Awesome. And they'd lost every game. So anyway, yeah, he speaks very highly of Ed Robinson. So I don't know what exactly what role he's... Is he skills, just part of, isn't he? part of the attack and skills? Skills, yeah. I think, yeah. He's skills doing the role that Jason Riles, who's a, an NRL coach, former NRL player and coach, uh, was doing or was going to be doing. Um so that's that is a disruption to their COVID uh, to their coaching team, but there's also other disruptions because Eddie Jones and Simon Amor uh, and Simon Proud, Proudfoot, the forwards coach, have all had to isolate for various for various pe- periods of time recently because of um, COVID. So just that that whole thing, I just wonder how much dis- how much that disruption will impact the fluidity of the way they want to play. Unless they just want to play, just want to continue to revert back to the that very simplistic game plan that they uh, used in the autumn. Well, my problem with this, with their pack so far, is I've seen no out-and-out carriers. I've seen, you know, there are lads that can do things with a ball, but you don't have the brute force of uh, Mako or Sinclair. And that's an important part. Important part. I just, Tom Curry... Billy. Billy, yeah. Billy, obviously, and Tom Curry's become a really good carrier. Yes, Tom both, both him and Jack Willis of some of those back row. It's like I think they've been told right, start carrying, start carrying. The thing is, the different types of carriers, and I hate to say this, will make me popular. Is Billy declining a bit? He's not certainly not the player he was at his peak, almost by definition. 
Well, he's been quite, um, he's been quite honest. He's still he's still not old how at old all. Twenty nine. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah, twenty-eight. So he's still prime age, and he said himself he's he's had a lot of injuries, he's had broken arms. And That's he, kind of the point, isn't it? Though? Well, he was talking about it in saying that he thinks psychologically he hasn't been. There's been a little something he's not been going all in. Mm. But he said, "I'm I'm 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 past that. I'm over that." He, he seems like he's raring to go. I mean, I can't think of what else he would say, but <laughs> yeah, I I hope you're right because if you're wrong, England are going to struggle because not. I don't think, I think they'll struggle not necessarily because the personnel are not the right personnel for other coaches. It's more to do with the fact that they need to be the right personnel for what Eddie wants. And Eddie needs people to get over the game line. That's what he loves more than more than. <laughs> That's what every international coach needs. That is true. But Eddie, <laughs> more, but Eddie more than most. So if you look at his back division, which we will turn our attention to, attention to now, again, they don't have that, that line breaker, which is maybe why Paolo Adogu gets some sort of involvement. They've got Ollie Lawrence and Doggers mm. as the, as those two real go forward men. Everyone else is either a playmaker or a pace man. Yeah. So your, your playmakers being Farrell, Ford, and Slade, and your pace men being May, Watson, Daly, uh, and then Malins perhaps being a combination of the two, the pace man with the, with a playmaker. Yeah, and to be fair to Doggo, he is rapid. Like his acceleration, his explosivity is. Unbelievably good. Uh, so, well, I, I think it'll be touch. I think he probably will go on the bench because he can cover in the centre. Well, no, actually, no, no, he won't because Malins will be on the bench. Yeah, so I don't- that's the thing, right? I don't think he's an international style standard winger. I think his skills are best suited to thir- thirteen. But he's had two games there for Wasps. It's one hell of a risk to Italy. Start him. Play him against Italy. Yeah, I think. Play, that play him against right. the other. Just rub it into Italy. Yeah. Here's what you could have won. Um, yeah, you've got to get him capped though, because otherwise he will be playing for Italy. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be Ben Youngs. So this isn't what I would pick, but it'll be Ben Youngs, George Ford, Owen Farrell. Yeah. Who uh, the two wingers will be Johnny May and Anthony Watson, and it will be Elliot Daly at fullback. The thirteen is the question, though, isn't it? That's, again, the perennial. Oh no, it'll be Henry Slade. So that's fine. I yeah. think. So I think Probably. Ollie Lawrence has got a hell of a shot here. Over Henry Slade. Yeah. Mm. Or over George Ford, and Farrell goes to ten. Yeah. Or over Farrell. No. Well, so I, I, I think Tim, I think you you've nailed it again. I think it'll be exactly that backline you've mentioned. Uh, I do really like Ollie Lawrence. I think he's got a shot of putting him in just because if you have that backline that you've listed, there is no direct running yeah, option anywhere. Not yeah, on the that's wing. Why I think not in, that's why I think it's Lawrence. If you've got Slade, do you know if Slade plays? I think England lose this. I, I'm convincing myself in my head they lose this. I've seen enough of England now to have a good a good feeling of when they're going to be good and when they're not. And this looks like one of those times. Maybe I wouldn't be. Well, okay. So I'm thinking maybe maybe he does chuck a dog wheel on the wing because purely he doesn't have a body. And, he, and he, if he'd been informed, Joe Thock and a singer would have been it. What do you yeah, think? or Jack or, or Jack Noel. And if or Jack Noel and had Ollie Thorley had more game time, it would have been Ollie Thorley. What do you think? Uh, Finn Russell does with this information about the winger. If it's Paolo Adogu. Oh, he does what he wants, doesn't he? He does what he wants. I mean, it's just a dangerous game that you're playing. I, I hope he. Pl- I hope Adogu plays and plays really, really well. But my word, what a, what an ask. I mean, Wasps are trying to transition him from wing to centre. 
He's not quite ready for centre. You're going to put him back out on the wing. He needs touches. He if, needs, you, if you're going to pick him, he needs touches. You're going to have to really look after him, and you're going to have to put him in a position where he can succeed. And I think he can succeed. But, you know, that's a really difficult job, particularly when everyone else on the field is trying to... Well, is aware of this and is trying to stop you from doing it. But Eddie Jones has shown he likes... So I'm, I'm coming round to this dog as starting thinking now because Eddie Jones has shown he likes... Uh, a winger who will come off their wing, like basically being given a free role to pop up wherever you want. Mm. He's done it with Jack Knoll. He's done it. He brought Chris Ashton into the squad a couple of years ago. So he could do exactly the same. He spoke about um, Jonathan Joseph doing exactly that role in the autumn internationals. And if you're doing that role and your other two in the back three can cover you positionally, um, territorially, tactically, then you can have like a total free role, right, which would yeah. which would amazingly suit Doggers. It would, but I've never it's seen, like the, it's like never the seen perfect role that. for him. I don't know if it is. I've never seen him. Do, I've seen him play on the wing. I've seen him play at the centre. I've no. never seen him be like Jack Knoll. So, uh, so not in terms of where I've seen him pop up, but all I'm thinking is he he basically follows the back line, follows the ball, and anyone anytime anyone takes a half contact, the offload to him, and then he's hitting arms. And he's he's carrying. That is perfect for him if if you can get him to read read um, the game. Well um, and in the autumn, what wasn't Eddie Jones like not playing left and right wings? It was more it was more like an open side wing and a blind side wing with Johnny May and Jonathan Joseph. No, we got that wrong. It was um, it was a tight head wing. <laughs> <laughs> so doggers would be a tight head wing, yeah, yeah. and leave Johnny yes. May loose head wing. Yes, Johnny May or or Anthony Watson loose head wing. Yeah. Hmm. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. We'll wait, I, we'll wait and see with selection, I guess. England for me look like a team which could be second or third. I, I have issues with, with the backline balance, and yeah, and, and I, I do want to find a solution. But it's, I also want Henry Slade to play because he's so good. So yeah, it's we're going to have to. Well, it's, do you know what? It's good that you can flip between different styles, and I think it is a. You you get George Ford at a cost elsewhere, and would you get? Or is it Farrell that's the cost elsewhere? I think Farrell's the cost at the moment, not Ford. No, Farrell Farrell starts whatever, whether it's ten or twelve. Farrell starts. Yeah, but I mean Farrell's a really good player in a really good Saracens team. It, no, 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 no. George Ford is a really Far- good Farrell player. is a world Farrell is a, a world class player that would get in any international team in the world. A, I don't think Farrell makes Leicester play better than Ford makes him play. That's all I'm saying. That, that, I'm saying Owen Farrell, George Ford does not get in every, in every international team in the world. Owen Farrell gets in every other international George, team in the world. But George Ford does get in the international team which Owen Farrell's in. So what does that, so what does that tell you? In his position. Because they don't play him at 12 for Saracens. Well, well, this is my point. It tells me England don't have better players than George Ford in other positions, relatively speaking. Well, mm. So as I say, it's a cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, I... I actually think that George Ford is very, very good. Oh, yeah, so do I. Um, <laughs> to the point that I don't know. It feels like they're trying to. They can't reconcile the fact that they need to play both the, both these guys. I still don't think twelve suits Owen Farrell particularly well. And it's weird that Saracens have never. Tri- oh, they haven't tried it for about ten years. You thought it, you'd have thought the demands on a club side would have eventually have led to this. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It, it it doesn't matter. I I think I think both of them definitely start. I I, I think 
England have got a shot at winning it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them finish anywhere in the top three. Yeah. Um, but they've got some tough away games, so... Hmm. Well, the way they brutalised Ireland was very impressive over the yeah, but they, I mean, they, they absolutely they, annihilated them. So They've got to go to Dublin, though, and do the same thing again with Ireland hurting from that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I see England beating Scotland at Twickenham, but I do not take anything for granted. Not since, whatever it was, 2017, was One it? of the greatest days of rugby all time that was. What 18, a day of rugby that was. Uh, so, I'm going to call them out. England lose. England lose mm. this one. Give me England by five, but it's not going to be particularly pretty. Mm. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com There's always something special about Wales Island. Yes. Well, there's often something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's something special about England, Scotland. Let's not. Let's be fair. But yeah. I don't know. There's something. Um, these these Wales Island games are tasty. They are. Well, they were when Gatland was around. Not so much now. Uh, I do not see this Welsh team being any good whatsoever. Uh, can anyone disagree with that statement? Um, they've got. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, they've they've got proven talent experienced talent right across the squad. Yeah. And they they've got a lot of experience right across across the squad. Mm-hmm. Maybe too much in, in some positions when you've got guys like Ken Owens who's thirty four and Alan Wynne Jones who's thirty five and uh Falatel's not old but maybe he is a declining power. Yeah, I think uh, right. John, Jonathan Davis, thirty two, a lot of injuries in his time. Lee Halfpenny thirty two, a lot of injuries in his time. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking the when I look at the Wales squad, I'm thinking the team that might start this weekend, you can imagine for Scotland and for England and for France, there'd, there'd probably be a good 10 players that will start this weekend who have a really good chance. There's a really fair, good chance that they'll be starting in a World Cup in a couple of years' time. For Wales, I don't think that's the same. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking at the squad. I mean, if George North plays... George North apparently is playing with some really good, good rugby at the Ospreys. I don't know if that is... True or not, but he's not played particularly good international rugby for ages. And he'll have uh, he'll have forty minutes of decentness at some point during the Six Nations. But again, that's just another guy who's well. I say he's getting old. He's probably only like twenty seven or twenty eight. Twenty eight, nearly a hundred caps. He'll, he'll hit a hundred caps if he plays um, a few games this tournament. Fair play. <laughs> but he, he's had he has had some bad injuries, uh, and and the the horrible side of it is he's had a lot of bad concussions. 
Mm. Well, let's just talk about the... Who do we think in the Wales 15 is truly world-class? Um, right now or at the pit, their peak? Right now. Uh, I think Liam Williams is. Liam Williams, yeah. And Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis if, still. If he's at his level, then yeah. Yeah, he's he's still there for me. And Dan Bigger's not far off. Dan Bigger, yeah, Dan Bigger. Uh, Josh Adams. And Gareth Davis would be the starting Lions nine if it was picked tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, I think Tipperick has that um, athletic ball playing open yeah, side he's is classic. Oh, is you know, incredible. He, Aaron, and Aaron Wainwright was like pulling up trees. Everyone's been raving about him the last year, couple of years. Yeah, uh, but yeah, somehow under Pivik they don't seem to do anything decent, do they? Which is it? yeah. So they've got the talent. They've got talent across this squad. I, I, I think it's going to be a long, miserable Six Nations for Wales. They won't beat Ireland. They will. They, uh, they, no, I can't see them beating anyone. But so, Italy, really. Uh, the selection of Dan Lydia suggests to me that one, Wayne Pivak thinks I need to win now, and two, he may just tighten things up a little bit from the sort of all action the, the scarlets esque rugby he might be like going oh right international rugby is a little bit different okay fine Dan Lydiot's in and and I wonder so the two areas that the the back row and the back three <laughs> excuse me I, I think he may change up what he does and I think uh, I think he'll go Lee Halfpenny Liam Williams well, and Josh Josh Adams back three that's really again that's really solid <coughs> Jonathan Davis Nick Tompkins that's really solid oh no George North is what, sorry George North God, yeah George North all, he could he could go yeah. Lewis Reece Summit if he wanted to spice things up a bit well that's what I'm saying I don't I don't think he will do that because he needs to win so he's going to go tried yeah. and tested he's going to go tried and tested it's a fair point that um... actually one question is Who's in the back? Who's in the back row? Is it going to be Wainwright, Tipperick, Falatau? Is is Navidi, is Lydia, get in there? Is Navidi going to get in there? They've, they've got, they've got, they've got a they've good got, team. They've got names right that we recognise from the Gatland era who have not actually done anything for Wayne for Wayne P- Pivak. And this is the maybe problem. this weekend. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's entirely possible they turn it around and go and win the World Cup. Mm, I'm not convinced though, and. You know, just because he did well under with one of the best coaches Wales have ever had, who was you know, tailoring the team to the needs of the players rather than trying to get the players to you know work to his needs, uh, we sort of have a little bit of a distorted view of a lot of the Wales players, which is why they go overseas and don't do particularly well. You know, you've got these big names. Like, you know, Falatau is amazing. Goes to Bath, has done nothing, really. Well, that, that's why I say I think... I read into this selection a couple of names. Well, main the main one is Dan Lydia. I look at that and go, he's he's not playing pivac ball anymore. He's gonna he's gonna play Gatlin ball. Well, I mean, yeah. Think about Dan Lydia. Who is the English Dan Lydia? Like who would there? Who is thirty odd something? Hasn't had a sniff at international rugby and then bring then bringing him back for one one last hurrah. Haskell would be the. Yeah, he, similar one, but yeah. obviously Haskell's in a different scenario. A similar, but... similar guy, similar prototype. Um, yeah, in, in my mind, if England were to pull this stunt and bring in, you know, I guess they did once, and they they bought uh, Worsley back for one for one game to tackle Jamie Roberts. Um, but you you look at it, you know, that's a bit of a desperate move. 
Mm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not impressed. Uh, they they do have. I mean, look, if they show up with like Jared Evans playing ten, and you know, light you know, completely light it up. Maybe I'm wrong, but I have a feeling that they're going to get crushed. Mm, now, I'm sorry. There was one other thing I wanted to say about Wales. Allegedly, from a Welsh friend of mine, um, who's really into you know watching the national team, there was a rumor going around that. Uh, when Gatland first took over, he basically ignored the Ortons as they worked purely on fitness and getting ready for the Six Nations. And they had a really bad Autumns, and then they are always good come Six Nations. And there is some chat about that kind of process going on, which is we'll see a far more, a far fitter, far more uh, dedicated Wales team in the Six Nations than we did in the Autumns. And if that's the case, who knows? Maybe they do do better. Mm. I'm, I'm. I kind of share your pe- pessimism, uh, JB. I don't think I think Wales will be lucky to not finish fifth. We're lucky to finish above the fifth. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about um, them and the overall the strength of the overall tournament. Yeah, agreed. Completely agreed. I can't see them beating um, Ireland. They can't can't see them beating France or England. And well, Scotland Scotland have literally just beat them about a month two months ago. Um, Ireland, on the other hand, I I like their chances with the the way the fixtures have landed. As I said, they're an interesting lot, Ireland, aren't they? Yeah, they're certainly. I don't know they they promise a lot more than they a lot more than they deliver. Do you think you'd move on from Johnny Sexton yet? No, I wouldn't. I I probably wouldn't as well. I I think he's still the best. Fly half all round. I I probably wouldn't have made him captain. Yeah, um, but he he is. I think the best fly half. I think he's better than the, the Burns brothers in Ross and Billy. But I mean, they've got. I mean, long term at least, because of course there's injuries. Um, they've got uh, what's his name Carberry. They've got. Well, you he... know, Carberry might might not play the way it's going. Keep whatever. Just... Potentially, yeah. Really? It's, it's not looking good. The injury keeps keeps his return keeps getting delayed with something else. So it's really it's not in a good way. Uh, I've said it before; it's not going to happen. But the 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 best the form Irish ten at the moment is uh, Paddy Jackson. Well, <laughs> not likely, is it? No. He, he did play well at the weekend, though. He did but he's again. again he's had a great season. Also, Billy Burns is playing well, and Ross Burns is a very good. Young talent. I don't think, Bi- I don't, I don't think Billy Burns Burn. in uh, Billy Burns isn't in the squad. He is. Is he? I'm just looking at it now. Oh no, that's 2020. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. What? I was oh, a picture of the 2020 squad. I was going. I was just looking at it, going, "That's mad." How's Billy, how's Billy Burns not in? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think this lot. Are, are, it's a strong squad. Certainly stronger than Wales. Um, I have been unimpressed with what Farrell has got out of them so far, particularly in the autumns. I didn't think they were they were that good. I like Quinn Rue. I, I like players like Quit, um, uh, like him, just hard, just hard as nails. And uh, South African, is he? Yes. Oh, is he? Oh, what a shame. Um. Anyway, uh, they've got my. You know, they've got nice. Um. Well, potentially nice balance. I, I love watching Chris Farrell play. He's an absolute monster. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. The answer is I don't know. 
if you with centres where you can field Bundiaki, Chris Farrell, Stuart McCloskey, and Robbie Henshaw, massive. That is, yes. that is enormous. It's pretty cool, actually, isn't it? It, it is pretty cool, actually. It, it's direct. And then I guess as the fifth centre option, you've got Gary Ringrose, who's a, a poet compared to all those bulldozers. There was yeah. some talk of uh, big, big Stuart McCloskey going to France and then and then Andy Farrell whips out the carrot and dangles it in front of him. No, stay for a bit longer. I like There you him. go, back in the squad. Yeah, stay at Ulster forever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big McCloskey fan. Uh, he, he's great, McCloskey. I... I, do do they pick Ian Henderson? Does he start? Yeah. So I I don't think he will on form. I I think I think oh. it'll be James Ryan and, and Ty Byrne. But I I love Hendo. I love Hendo. I mean, Hendo is class. And I I was shouting in 2017 for him to be um, starting for the for the Lions Test team. Well, um, he is one of those guys. Just so, he brings so much energy. He's so strong. Um, I don't think he's played his best rugby recently from what I've seen, yeah. um, which, which is why I think Tyburn will start because Tyburn is, he is he's, tearing he's, it up. So, he's so combative and he's so good over the ball. He's yeah. so good on the floor and in the line-out. Yeah, I also love Ireland's front row options, particularly if they've got Burn about... Burn? Ty Burn? Ty Burn? Ty Furlong. Ty Furlong, yes. Thank you. Like, the... The props I've got are exceptional, and this is what Eng- England are missing: big, nasty ball ball carrying props. That makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, I think Ireland. I, the problem I've got with Ireland is I've seen them play, and it's not impressive. The names are impressive. The way they go about their business is not impressive, and the way they got beaten up by England was really not, really not impressive. I think this is going to be a really, really close game, and I could see Wales sneaking it. I think it'll be really tight. <laughs> no, no, they're going to batter Wales. They are going to batter Wales. Trust me on this one. I think Ireland will win. I'm going to go Ireland by four, three, three points maybe. More than ten, I'd say. More than two scores. 14 points. Uh, and I'll go right in the middle, Ireland by what? eight. Ireland uh, by nine. I'll go. With France and who have we missed? Italy. Well, it's, we've already talked about Italy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, France. So France... Uh, France, France, France. Yeah, this is another big step and a big test for a burgeoning French team. I think they win the whole thing. Uh, I know you think that there's going to be struggles with away games uh, with Ireland and England. Week four at Twickenham. Look what their second team nearly did at Twickenham. Yep. Yeah. So I... I Gone. So, I, I said I feel like I'm going to repeat myself from last year, and I was I was kind of right because they finished second, but they were a lot better than I was expecting them to be. In that, this is an unbelievably talented squad. Yeah. Um, e- even missing some of the guys they're missing, even missing Entomac and Ramos and Vaca Tower, um, it's incredibly, incredibly um, talented. But I just wonder how experienced they are at the top level. And that's I've said that last year, and they kind of pretty much proved me wrong, albeit they didn't win it. They lost to to, um, to Scotland. Um, and they've got an extra year of experience, both in Europe uh, and in the league and uh, in Six Nations and Autumn International since then. Um, there's just something I, I can't see how they can be so good so immediately. 
but they are. Yes. That, it, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. And then you, you take out Entomac, who ran the show, runs the show for, for Toulouse. Well, him and DuPont run the show for Toulouse. He was running the show last year. And then the, the two options behind him are just equally as talented in Jalibert and Carbonell. And probably Jalibert will start, but they're, they're both precociously talented 22-year-olds, kids. Yeah, I completely agree with everything that everything that you said there. Um, but just to to Phil's point, their back row, the one, the six guys they've got in the back row, have fifty caps between them, which is which going into a Six Nations, and, and again, they you know they did it last year. Um, that's not a lot. That's not a lot. And yeah, the, 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 I Will they get tested? And when they get tested, will they be will they be up to it? Because re- on on the international stage, it's a very inexperienced team. Yeah, um, in, in the pack anyway. I don't know if you noticed this. They've got Paul Will, Paul what's his name Vilhelms Vilhelms in. Philly. Is he not the heaviest man in the Six Nations? Tal Fifanua might be a joint joint yeah. first with him. <laughs> uh, and Paul Weenie Antonio as well. Paul Weenie Antonio is back in the squad. So wow. So when they put out a team against. Wales, not this, not last Six Nations, Six Nations before that, is the heaviest, heaviest pack ever to take the field, and they nearly did did, did Wales, and that was under old management. If they can get that sort of size back together, God, I love this team. Well, all they need to do is just to have a solid platform to let the guys that no, Phil mentioned, no, Teddy to, Teddy Tomat and, Pe- and Peno, uh, just they let. No one wants a solid du- platform. Dupont. That's the most boring thing you've ever said. No, but I'm, they, I'm, no, they, no, they no. Want to be pounding. No, no, yeah. In of course, face. of course, they want to be. But all they actually need to do is give that give guys like Peno and Dupont and Fiku and Teddy Tomat. All you got to do, all you have to do, is give those guys. I want to see. I want to see his French decent pack ball rubbing people's faces in dirt. That's what I want. I, I just. They, it's just the most physically intimidating pack when they get it right. Big test for Jalibert, isn't it? It will be, yes. Huge test for him. Yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't really been centre stage, the main man, yeah. in, at this level. The, the dangerous thing about France is I think they believe they can do it now. Whereas before they weren't sure, they know they can do it now. They had an awesome autumns. Their second team nearly beat England. It, I don't think Twickenham is going to be scary to them one bit. I'm, I'm assuming Donovan Talfafanua is eight tries in eleven games re- related. I've got no is idea. He? No, I, I'm guessing he's from New Caledonia because they all are. He's a winger, and I don't really know much about Julian Del Del Boy or Del Bois or Bowie. How do you say? How I don't know how you say it. Julian Del Bowie. Don't know. Can't uh, help you. Yeah. I'm afraid. I'm sure. Uh, well, just need. Oh a, yes, a, didn't he play? He played over the Autumn Nations. No. I'm sure he did. He hasn't been capped. Who? How no. do I know that name? I've seen him somewhere. It's, 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 I am a little bit sad not that uh, Jonathan Dante is not in the squad because he's mm. great to watch. Mm. Well, mm. yeah. If he's got in the French team, he's going to be good. Yes, yeah. I think they're going to win the thing. There you go. Probably with a grand slam. Well, they definitely beat Italy in Italy, uh, and then their big test is uh, Dublin next weekend. First big test, and then England week four. So if they win in Dublin, they're going to be on such a roll. Such a roll. Because they'll win the next yeah. week. Yeah, I think they'll roll into Dublin win, and then they will hopefully roll into Twickenham and win. But let's see. Um, why don't we predict some players of the tournament and whatnot? How about, yeah, a player... So we've, we've predicted our winners. 
Well, actually, have we? Yes, it's going to so, be... So, winning, winning team, player of the tournament, top try scorer. Yeah, so my winning teams this week... Or is it this week or overall? Overall. France. Okay. I've been predicting France for eight years now, so I think this is the one. There's a bit of me just thinks... Well, with that, if there were crowds, I think I'd go Ireland, just because of the fixtures, but I'm going to go... I am going to go France. I was going to go France, okay, as well. But I'm going to go and give me England. Yeah, I'll thank you, Phil. I was I I felt bad about not going England, and I really yeah. wanted to. Good, good one. I, play of the tournament's more difficult for me. All of the big names I can think of are basically declining. I'm trying to think. Dupont. I think it's going to be Dupont. A, Dupont, someone like that. Olivon. Yeah, it's going to be somebody. Yeah, someone like those. I'm trying to think of the young, exciting talent. Teddy Thomas. Oh, it's going to be Teddy Thomas. Give me... Um, maybe like a Ben Earl or someone. Mm. Mm. I can see Tom Curry getting it, potentially. Yeah, I can see Tom Curry getting it. I mean, he really is turning into one of the best players in the country. No, actually, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to go... This is going to be a, a massive... Damien Penno is going to be player of the tournament. There's my pick. Goodness me. Nice. Phil? Yeah. Penno, Penno is a great shout. And you've gone uh, Dupont. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see Redpath. Be, I was thinking of Redpath, actually. I'd love to see him and Finn Russell. If things click with the the power and pace outside them, I think yeah. it could be amazing. And Hog could get it as well. Give me Finn Russell. There you go. Okay, fit, fit, we've got <laughs> Finn Russell, Dupont and Penno. Nice. And yeah. top, top try scorer. I'm going to have to go Penno as I've got player of the tournament. I'll go Penno. Baron McGuigan. <laughs> Horse. <laughs> uh, if we're just doing players we love, I'm going to go for McCloskey. Nice. <laughs> uh, he can get to the try line, no doubt about that. Love it. He can. Uh, right. Well, just a reminder, as we mentioned at the very start of the podcast, we have a brand new chance for you to come and take us on. So you've heard, you've been listening to us jabbering on about what we think. And just with one very, very simple little effort, you can just flex and show how little we know and how much you know by comparison, which we're aware of that. We know that. But that's with Match Pint. And, uh, well, you can win you a load of booze and you can feel smug as you drink it um, by beating us in, yeah. in a prediction league during the Six Nations. So this is point number one. Download the Match Pint app from your app store it's on google play it's on apple app store get it downloaded to your smartphone sign up go to and how does it work for you you go to the join league so you go to the pint predictor section on match pint app yes and then you go to leagues join and all you have to do is type in egg chasers type in egg chasers and you should join me, because I am the only person in the Egg Chasers League oh, at the moment. Mate, that won't and last for long. Don't you worry I'm about all that. all alone. And, and one of the reasons, not only can you feel smug about beating us uh, and flexing that, but JB, uh, we've got a, a pretty cool prize that you can win, both weekly and overall as well. Yes, so if you come first or second in the Negroni League, or the Egg Chasers League, I call it the Negroni League, we will post you a, Neg- a, a Negroni, courtesy of Premium Brands. Cheers, lads. Now, by all means, accept the Negroni. I'll certainly be accepting mine. Or post it, post it to someone else. Post it to a mortal enemy. 
because they deserve it. Uh, and if you win the whole thing, you get a Negroni kit, which is exactly what it says on the tin. You can make Negronis all year. Disgusting Negronis yeah, all year. A bottle of all the ingredients and yeah, so that's um, and all the paraphernalia. Everything you need to make yourself a well, disgusting Negroni. Yes, you get a bottle of gin, a bottle of what um, Campari, and a bottle of co- of a bottle of cocky, which sweet is... red vermouth. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, join our Negroni League. Search for Egg Chasers on Matchpoint. Come find us. And uh, yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll, we'll see you there. And uh, the drink is yours, or as Jamie says, for someone you absolutely hate. Matchpoint app. <laughs> download it. Search for the Egg Chasers League. Add yourself. Do it now. Do it now. Indeed. Right. Uh, enjoy the Six Nations. We'll we'll see you at the end of the weekend once it's all done. Um, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Go. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.